This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hi, Jason Glick. What's going on? Um, it's like, not a whole lot, John, but I did get a chance to see Justice League, like, since we've last talked. Oh, and did you see it the first weekend or the second weekend? I did go out and see it the first weekend, and as you probably would expect, like, you know, the theater wasn't all that crowded, to be honest. Yeah, I heard, actually. Um, so, um... Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. So, um, I uh, I could tell you that I've seen the first thirty minutes of it, and I will finish watching the rest of it uh, when I get a chance to uh, plop my ass down in a theater. Um, which hopefully okay, will be so, so you, you enjoyed it. You enjoyed those thirty min- those first thirty minutes enough to go and check out the rest of it. Then you know, I had no objections to it in those first thirty minutes. I didn't, I did not have any i wasn't repulsed or anything so um i i was not repulsed either sir so yeah i mean i I, you know just seeing i was like oh this seems fairly decent so you know um although um since it happens to be a direct sequel and i don't know if you'll be able to address this or not to batman versus superman trying to figure out why they're so sad just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like that's that's like the biggest biggest thing weighing on it right now because I mean it's basically following up Batman versus Superman, which is like a huge drag on its on its like box office potential and critical reception. I would imagine because it was like this was something that was really meant to be DC's Avengers, and okay, I saw it, I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it on the level that you know it's like. I can enjoy your average Marvel movie on. I mean, like, yeah, maybe it's not quite as good as Thor Ragnarok, but the problem is that, you know, this is the film that should have been, like, mag- like a level of magnitude better than Thor Ragnarok. Yep. So, uh, as I promised you in our pre-chat before we started recording, I'll throw in my few cents on this. So, um, and I'll address one of the things that I have heard on the interwebs, and that is, is like, well, it opened at 94, I think it was like 94, 95 million, maybe, something like that, 97 million? Close enough, I don't enough, remember. Yeah. Somewhere like, in that neighborhood. Nine- like and, not, like just just over ninety three, right? So, and most people are like, well, there was a lot of people who were saying like, well, Guardians of the Galaxy did that in their opening weekend. And I'm like, well, that's apples and oranges, actually. Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't a sequel, so yeah, exactly. That's, that's the issue here. Yeah. So the big difference here is that you are talking about Warner, uh, you know, DC's, you know, their their core three at the very least. Which yeah. is which is uh, has always been Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. They're Trinity. Yeah. They're Trinity, and if it brings out, it doesn't really bring the crowns to the theater. You've got a problem. Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. That is basically. I mean, like, it's. Did anyone know about Guardians of the Galaxy outside of the trailers before the first movie even aired? Just the hardest of the hardcore Marvel crew. Yeah, and I don't even think that they had really huge runs. You've reviewed them before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, like, you know, so, you know, that that they would turn on. However, you would also say that, you know, that there is a piece of it where they were already writing on the MCU in, in, a, in a sense, which has already been well established. Um, now, this is where I would throw it together that, um, you know, that I think that um, I think that personally that Warner Brothers and DC, they really need to think about how, uh, you know, how they're marketing this. They need to pull in those 
Avengers numbers on their first opening weekend and not kind of tepid numbers like this. Uh, and- the problem the problem is I think that this is this is like a knock on effect of their like of like you know Batman vs Superman and Suicide Squad. It's like after like you know these films like you know premiered their really big numbers and uh, made like well over three hundred million in um, domestically alone. It's like but no, they weren't really well liked at all. And now it's like you know hey we're even though like um, Wonder Woman like um is like the biggest grossing superhero movie of the year so far. It's like Just League is performing well under well under that at this point as well. Yeah, because you know it's like. It's a it's a far different kind of movie than Wonder Woman, and also just like this is it's it's position is coming from the same people who made um, Batman vs Superman, and you know when you when you're asking like people to trade on their memories of that in relation to this film, that's that's why it's it hasn't worked so it hasn't worked so far. I mean, yeah, it's like there's even after like Snyder had to drop out due to personal reasons. Um, earlier this year, and just they brought in Joss Whedon to um, handle co-writing duties and uh, additional reshoots. Um, you know, it's like, like I said, the end result for Justice League is something is a film I enjoyed, like I was entertained by, but you know, it was basically as entertaining as your average, like a Marvel movie, but not like something on the level of say an Avengers film. Yeah, and they they this is something they need to be like. At least, you know, on the level of the Avengers movies, like if not bigger. Yeah, and in order for them to really do that, they're going to need to refocus. You know, um, you know, and I think that they should build up that. I, I, after all, Iron Man got like what two movies? We had a Hulk movie, at least one. I'm not going to ca- count the Ang Lee one because really that. No, that that's that's, really, that that's, really that's its own thing. So, so you have that. You had Thor. I mean, you had a lot. Uh, you had Captain America. You had a lot of pre, you know, like setup for the Avengers, you know. And yeah, one might say, okay, well, they had Man yeah. of Steel. Okay. Yeah, I think most of most of the setup for League was um, to be charitable, mixed at best. So, I mean, Wonder Woman is like the only DCEU film they've released so far that has been like unanimous, unanimously um, enthusiastically received in terms of like critical. And audience reception. I mean, at this point, I've heard that you know DC may be using um, their Flash movie, um, which are, I heard they're maybe actually calling it Flashpoint, to um, reset the uh, it's like the the continuity at this point. You know, basically give us something that's more um, like uh, palatable. It's like I mean, it's like and you know, it's like that's you know, it's like. The reboot card is something that they shouldn't be pulling this early in their run. I mean, yeah. like what Marvel has like as basically saying that you know the Avengers, the next two Avengers movies are basically going to be bring an end to the current cycle of films, and you know what? That's after like seventeen movies, really. So yeah, so there you go. I mean, it's it's like you know it's like the fact that DC is like pulling this card after what like six or but. Let's see, let's see, one, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, like six, what, mm-hmm. we, uh, the, by the time Flash, Flash hits, it'll be like seven movies it, deep at this point. If you're pulling the, the reboot card at this point, it's like, you're doing something wrong. I mean, it's like, and, you know, it's like, I will admit, like, 
Zack Snyder is a talented filmmaker, to be sure, but he's probably not the guy we sh- that should have been given a Superman movie. Like, yeah. I mean, like I I liked Superman in Justice League. I mean, when he shows up at the, um at the end when I'm stepping to sell something, hey, you know, like I'm a big fan of Doug Justice as well. It's like that's the kind of thing I believe. I I can believe in like the Superman I want to believe in. Mm-hmm. Oh 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 shit, John. What? I'm sorry. I spoiled it for you. Superman's in the Justice League movie. Oh my gosh! No way! Really? Yes. Honestly, oh, I'm sorry, man. You, like, you, I, you've I, totally I, you've killed I, it for I, me. No, I, like oh, why? No. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so so um, no. you know my my advice is my advice, and I don't think that they're going to listen to this podcast. But here's what I would hope. So instead <laughs> of handing out advice, um, strengthen your properties. Wonder Woman's a great film. Strengthen that character. Strength Aquaman's. Just just focus on those things. Build those characters up, so that you can have give someone a reason to want to see those films. You know, like uh, the next Justice League film. If you decide to do, give make sure like give Superman chance to be like straight like honestly straightforward to the heroic. I mean, you know, fuck. You know, I don't care if he's like you rescuing um kittens from trees. You know, like I. The, I I honestly like my Superman to be rescuing kittens and trees. Really, yeah, it, it's funny because you know a lot of the you know you look at you know I've I've seen the original you know Richard Donner Superman films from the eighties. Was it late late eighties early eighties uh, like late seventies or something like that? Very late. Uh, first one came out in seventy nine. The rest of them are products of the eighties. Yeah, and and you can see the cheesiness in effects. Um, Gene Hackman play is Gene Hackman, right? That plays Lex Luthor as like cheesy real estate, um, like the. But you know, it's like that, like Christopher Reeve being like you know that honestly, honestly, God, straightforward Boy Scout Superman. Like that's yeah. You know, it's like you we want the Superman who is like not afraid to be. You know, it's like straightforwardly, um, cheesily heroic, really. Exactly. And you know, it's like I will say that you know of the two post credits, po- um, um. Mid credits and post credit sequences in the um, in the film, the one the mid credit sequence where um, Superman races the Flash that is easily the more entertaining of the two, no question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like just like I, it's like yeah, like this is this is what shows that Henry Cavill can be like a really like a, a good like straightforwardly entertaining Superman, and you know I know that Whedon is committed to doing. Um, like a Batgirl film, which I'm sure is going to be great, but you know, it's like if I was, um, if if I was on um, Warner Brothers, I would like you know, okay, I would tell them like, okay, okay, you, you're letting Whedon do his um Batman Batgirl movie, great. That then after that, you put a gun to his head, okay, now give us a Superman movie, give us a Superman movie we can believe in. So, okay, cool. so there you go. Yep. Yeah. So so I mean, justly, it's worth your time as much as the average Marvel movie is, but that's the problem. It means it should be much more than that. So, I mean, like, so John, like, yeah, you saw the first 30 minutes. It gets better. And, um, also the, uh, the rumors that, you know, that Ben Affleck will be, um, replaced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. I, that's perfectly fine with me because the, uh, Batman you've, they've established so far in these movies is kind of like the Batman who is too old, to be doing this shit. So, I mean, I like Ben Affleck 
as Batman in, you know, Batman Superman and yeah. Justice League, but they've positioned him as being too old for this shit. Yeah. So if you want to bring in someone younger, like Jake Gyllenhaal, or I, I don't know, is Jake Gyllenhaal younger? I can't remember. I think he is a little younger. Yeah, I do. So, so there, so there you go. Like, if you want to bring in someone younger, cool, that's fine. It's like, but, um, but there you go. So, like I said, if you haven't seen Justice League, like I said, it's worth your time. But it's only about as entertaining as your average Marvel movie. To to damn it with faint praise. Mm-hmm. But there you go. I can think of worse worse ways to damn a film with faint praise. All right. Yeah. Well, I know that that's not the only thing you're here to talk about. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have to talk about actual comics. Yeah, all right. Talk. So what exactly are you going to talk? Which comic are you going to cover? Let me guess. <laughs> are you going to cover something about the Justice League, sir? You are right, sir. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Yes. Because you know, it's like, I haven't followed a lot of the Justice League over the years. Um, but like one thing I did follow... Um, enthusiastically, back in the dark days that we call the 90s, is um, JLA by Grant Morrison. Because, and you say, hey, well, a Justice League comic by Grant Morrison? You know, sign me the fuck up. Yeah. So, but, you know, that was like um, almost two decades ago at this point. I mean, back in the mid-90s when, um, it's like, when Morrison was set to take over the Justice League, this is a series that was, um, that was um, commercially moribund, and people were like, you know, like, okay, you know, like DC is going to put out a new Justice League series, but you know, it's okay. Like, hey, it's like the pre series so was was canceled. So you're going to get the guy who, um, wait, he this is the guy who did cult titles like um, Animal Man and Doom Patrol and weirdo titles for, for Vertigo, like The Invisibles, and you're going to get him to write a superhero title. <laughs> That's crazy. Well. Here's the thing about Morrison, like that's probably well apparent, like in retrospect. It's like you know, it's like while he was um, basically seen as a as like a um, writer of weird um, titles back in the mid '90s, he's a guy who was thoroughly willing and enthusiastic to work in the mainstream as well. I mean, this is a guy who not only has like length, who after Justice League, not only went to ha- went on to have lengthy runs on on X Men. And then on, um, like, like um, Superman titles, both both on Astro Comics for the New Fifty Two, and for um, All Star Superman, like as its own twelve um, issue mini maxi series, and also for a seventy plus issue run on Batman. So yeah, Morrison is a guy who um, recognizes that yeah, it's like th- that um, like he that he wants to work in the mainstream. But is the mainstream like um, man enough to handle um, his all the crazy ideas he brings to his superhero titles? J- his um, 40, 40 issue or so run on JLA basically showed yes, it is. Now, for a series that was done in the mid nineties, does it hold up as well as it did back when I first read it? <laughs> no, but it's still pretty entertaining. I mean, from the first volume, which basically has takes a stock um, story of. A um, like a, of a great group of superheroes called the Hyper Clan, who shows up and um offers to bring all these great things to the to the Earth. You know, like turning like 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 it's like um bringing like like I'm um, turning the Sahara Sahara Desert into a green it's like into a green um 
like um into into a green bounty, um murdering um like evil supervillains. Super it's like basically just doing all the stuff that the J- that the JLA is not willing to do. But at the same time, the jail is coming under attack from these um, unknown assailants. It's like, and so what's going on here? It's like, and um, I, this first story, um, New World Order, which I I bought um, way back in the day when it was released as a as a six dollar trade paperback. Because yeah, they actually used to do shit like that back in the day. It's like when you have a, uh, it's like a, a a story where like you know this um, these superheroes show up. Promise the wor- the world to everyone, and but are, are are you know turned to be shady as a result. Well, New World Order is kind of the benchmark for that title, for that kind of story, it, especially when um, like as Morrison lays the carefully lays the groundwork for what these um what these aliens, the Hyper Clan, actually are, and um when he has on um, Batman um like you know like when the just when the league is taken out. Because when the okay here's because with the Morrison's versions daily there's like big seven there's Batman Superman Wonder Woman Green Lantern um, Flash like a Martian Manhunter it's like and it's like and Aquaman it's like and you've got the like the big seven right there and you're know, like hey you know, Batman's like you know hey he's you know back in the nineties you know, Batman wasn't the all conquering hero that he was. So when Morrison has um, Batman show up and um, you know take out three of these superpowered hyper clan, it's like you know that's kind of like a big fucking deal, really. Also, um, when um, when Morrison has um, Aquaman use his um, talking to fish powers and take out one of the hyper clan by giving them a seizure because he's talking to their um, like their it's like the, their marine inherited ancestor. Um, part of their brain. It's like that's that's really kind of typical of what Morrison is doing in this course of the run. He's taking a very scientific oriented, science fiction oriented um, take on these on these characters, and it's and it works really well throughout the course of the run. In fact, um, Morrison um, really it's like like it's like he's uh, got lots of um, crazy ideas for the characters. I mean, like from from the when you get to the second volume, American Dreams, where you've got um, you got the jail, the Justice League fighting the host of heaven. It's like after they they're going after a rogue angel named Zariel. It's like, and you got um, and you have um, Superman who is not only his in his electric blue period, not only does he um, like re- like uh, after the uh, moon starts crashing into the earth because the demons behind this evil plot. Are uh, manipulating things. Superman cr- um, uses electric powers to create a uh, a, a, a magnetic, magnetic pole on the moon to repel it from Earth. That's widely recognized as the best use of his electric blue powers during his entire um, run as in that particular incarnation. It's like, and then as soon as he does that, in the same issue, he goes down to Earth to fight. Um, one of the um bull angels of the Pax of the Pax Day, who was leading the assault, and um, it's like as he's fighting this angel, this angel like angel says yield, and Superman's like never, and Flash is like he's he's Superman, he's fighting an angel, and he was worried about not living up to his legend. That's the kind of craziness you can expect in Grant Morrison's run, and the um arc after that basically has the uh, crew falling, has the entire. Uh, 
team falling falling prey to a uh, like a mind control um, like ploy by one of their by one of their older forgotten foes, um, the key who um, is banking on the fact they're going to um, wake up and wake up from their um, else worlds realities and um, realize what what kind of thing they're trapped, what kind of situation they're trapped in, and um, it's. It's like, and it's really, and it's really clever, and it's, it all hinges on the new um, Green Arrow at the time, Connor Hawk, to um, like um, bail him out at the same time that he's using his dad's trick arrows, such as the uh, explosive arrow, the handcuff arrow, the boomerang arrow. It's like the uh, knockout arrow. So that's, it's kind of crazy. Like, I mean, Morrison is, like I said, he's he's he, he respects continuity, but he's also I'm looking for ways he can um, reinterpret it as well. Same goes through um, the following arc, Rock of Ages, where he brings in the Injustice Gang, basically the uh, it's like the like like the evil version, like all the evil counterparts of there of the uh, current Justice League, like from from Lex Luthor, the Joker, Ocean Master. It's like every it's like everyone, and it's and you know it's like well this is a this is the arc that I really loved back when I um, I first bought it, but it's also probably kind of typical of the uh, of the issues I have with um, Morrison's run because, like I said, Morrison's run is a huge run of ideas, and while yeah, you know bringing in the Injustice Gang for a six issue arc, you know these days it would probably be enough, but um, but in this case Morrison um crams the idea. The, the six shoe arc with with enough ideas for something that is e- that would easily run for twice its length these days, um, like for something that like I said, you got the Justice Gang, but you've also got Lex Luthor running coming across a Philosopher's Stone, which allows him to manipulate reality to his will, but and the uh, and an evil version of the New God Metatron who um who recruits um Flash, Green Lantern, and Aquaman to um try and find a way to uh it's like to um to secure to um prevent the uh like to try and prevent the uh um the timeline from coming under dark side's grasp but is actually a uh, evil uh, it was actually like a, a trick to, to actually like allow dark side to um take over take over their timeline and also a giant uh like a it's like a world of superheroes known known as wonder world it's like that um, eventually allows the um, like these three superheroes to come back and um, return to our time, but that is actually taken over by Darkseid. And um, you have to, like, this two issue dystopia of Darkseid where it's like where our heroes try to um, like save our save our timeline, like save this this corrupted timeline, but wind up I'm um, having to having to uh, deal with all this um, new crazy ass new god stuff. I mean, it's there's really good stuff here, such as um, how how um, Green Green Arrow and it's like it's like and the Atom like, are able to bat, bypass Darkseid's force field because they realize that hey you know Darkseid can see us so, so so all the Atom has to do is just you know shrink down to the size of a photon to be light in order to like go through the Darkseid's force field because he can see them so light can penetrate his force field there you go it's like that kind of that kind of entertaining craziness but you know it's like it's like I said, it's re- like I said, it's it gets to the point where like you know, it's like it's lots of great ideas, but also it's to the point where it's like you know sometimes these stories are only ideas. I mean Morrison 
is usually really great at still offering um, enough char- character-based stuff to uh, to get you to care about this the these things, even if he's as you're know, just fl- flowing off on like I- idealistic tangents. I mean, it's like even with um, you know the following volume, Strength in Numbers, where we introduce the uh, like the um, villain Prometheus, who is kind of like you know evil Batman. And uh, he takes out, he takes it just like almost single handedly. It's like that's anyway, that, that's fun. And then you got like four issues of fill ins, which would be a bad thing, except for the fact that these fill ins are done by Mark Wade. So we've got um, Wade um, like dealing with having to just like deal with um, like attacks on probability from from a scientist who managed to sever the cause like the um, like the causality links between protons in order to generate himself infinite good luck and a uh, two-parter where or he has um the team meet up with um adam adam strange who has been deranged by the fact that his that if that his wife was killed now he's trying to uh um like bring her back under the um delusion of like some evil some, some an evil alien skull face slave race so so i mean these are like this is this is good these are good um like um fun, these these are good fun entertaining stories, but like I said it's it's more like um like thoroughly idea based. And I will say that you know the final issue, Tantu issues of this volume where it's like where it brings back um Star of the Conqueror as a uh, almost continent sized threat is um uh, like are very entertaining, but it's. More entertaining from the fact that you know it brings in a very, very unlikely um, Vertigo character to um, propel a plot, and he's kind of just starts to you know shove everyone along lines of like, hey, you know, you are going like this is a story that's going to succeed because of the intervention of this character. I you know it's really cool and all, but you know it's like it's kind of also just like really propelling the the story is really being propelled solely by this, this character, which, you know, it's cool, but you know, there you go. Um, the, uh, let's see, where are we on now? The fifth volume just for all has a team, um, then has a team going against a military trained group, of super, superhero humans, which is, it's like, which is pretty, which is pretty entertaining, like on its, on its own terms, especially since, you know, when, um, you have the, uh, have, have the, uh, mil- like the, the army firing on Superman and then basically saying, yo, fuck it, man. It's like, why are we firing on Superman, man? He's, he's goddamn Superman. We don't want to fire on him. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty entertaining. For, it's pretty entertaining for the most part. It's like, and, and there's some pretty, and there's some entertaining twists, twists along the, along the way. There's also a, uh, interesting uh, middle story by uh, Mark Millar back in the days when he was still on good terms with Grant Morrison, where um, the team, where the team recruits the Adam to help fight um, like Amazo, the uh, Android who was able to, uh, a, who was able to like absorb the, the uh, powers of the justice league. And you know that it's like, and like it's it ends in like a really clever, um, clever, uh, on twist where I'm um, Superman basically uses authority as the justice league authority as leader of the justice league to, um, defeat the, uh, the, uh, the, the Android, like uh, through some, 
through like through like through his own authority, which is it's it's fun, it's clever, it's kind of like you know, when it's a reminder when you know Miller isn't um, indulging in like hey I'm pushing the the envelope to make things seem really edgy, that so he can actually be entertaining as a writer. So you've got the uh, the team up. Yeah, like I guess you know, I wouldn't say obligatory team with the just uh, Society of America when they have to um, reconcile a fight between um, you know, it's like like a uh, genie from the uh, from the fifth dimension versus the uh, like what the uh, genie of one of their um, of the JSA's old members. It's like it's, it's like like it's pretty it's it's pretty fun to see the like the members of these two teams inter- interact and also for um captain marvel to uh like show up and um work with green lantern as they both wind up being sucked into the fifth dimension to deal with a uh it's like it's like the the imp that is causing the all the problems here it's like it's good fun and the volume is closed out by uh, two stories um co-written by uh, one is written by um, Mark Wade with um, Devin Grayson that um, that basically explains you know why the Justice League isn't um, intervening in the uh, um, No Man's Land storyline that was going on in the Batman titles at the same time, and the other one is a uh, is a more clever story that basically explains has um has um Batman um, telling the team to go after um this. It's like this um, guy who's got um, some. Uh, let's see what. It's like what was the information he's got? It's like oh the the uh, it's like the real culprit behind a no man's land, Bruce Wayne. So if you're wondering, wait, why is Batman telling the uh, JLA to go after Bruce Wayne? Well, like this is Mark Wade. You know he's got a good reason. It's pretty entertaining. So this is all leading into the. Uh, the final volume with um with which is called World War Three, which has um the uh, just league basically facing up facing off against a uh take take a weapon from the old for the old gods. It's like not the, not the new gods, you know, like Dark Side, it's like and it's like a high father. It's like no, this is like one from the old god a weapon from the old gods that killed off killed them off and is um set to um kill um destroy this universe as well and i can take like a like a giant bomb named mageddon that is um, that is set to uh, destroy everything in this universe and only the justice league and um it's like and all it's like and everyone on earth stand in, in its way it's a uh, it's like it's a very it's a very entertaining story that um i think has it's got lots of uh, i said it's got lots of uh, the cleverness that has uh, like of that does that's Mark Morrison's run. It's like, but you know, it's also got like there's also like um, very shortcuts that Morrison takes as well at the end. I mean, like I really like the bits where um, Green Lantern um, like um a trash talks Lu- um, Luther after he's being um, like after he's being he's being uh, absorbed as a as a uh, like the pawn in um, Mageddon's um, takeover of Earth. It's like I like. It's like, um, it's like I like, it's like I like the bit when um, Animal Man shows up. It's like to uh, let to let everyone know. It's like, yo, know, hey, this is how I'm again is turning everyone on Earth against each other. I loved the bit where um, one of the uh, one of the uh, 
where Zario, the angel that had joined the Justice League during Morrison's run, um, is like um, returns to, to heaven and finds out that you know everyone in heaven is um, preparing for the to abandon this, the current creation, and uh, it's like and they're saying like, hey, you know, like this, like this, this version of the universe is fucked, man. It's like we're gonna go ahead and create a new one. I mean, when you're when you're talking about stakes for um, the the threat ahead of them. That's really great. I don't think like you know having um, like ha- you can't really beat uh, having the, uh, the heavenly host just basically saying, "Hey, you know what? This this version of creation is is done for. We're gonna go ahead and, and work on the next one right now." So that's great. Then when you have um, I guess uh, like me like uh, and then yeah, it's like the uh, Batman you now try and uh, like motivate Superman in order to. Uh, like uh, get over everything and save the world, you know that works. But then when Superman's big plan is to you know absorb the anti sunlight of the bomb, well, that seems like kind of a uh, kind of like a cop out, really. It's like I mean, and even though the uh, Morrison's run ends on a, a on a hey, you know, Batman, don't you really love this shit when we go out and like save the world? It's like yeah, that's that's really kind of perfect. So. I mean, Morrison's run of JLA really has so many ideas. I mean, it's like that probably could have um, it, they probably could have um, fueled a run that is twice its le- its length, really. As it is, it's like it's still it's like I mean, in in the uh, dark days of the of the of the mid nineties, this was like a. Uh, bright shining beacon as far as like how good superhero comics could be these days you know it's like maybe it's not that bright of a beacon but it's still pretty entertaining same goes for um mark wade's um subsequent one run on jla at because he took it over full-time after morrison not for a long time but if there was one version one thing about wade's run i could recommend I'd say you should just grab the uh, the ultra sized um, graphic novel um, he did with uh, Brian Hitch um, called Heaven's Ladder, which it's kind of a uh, you know straightforward uh, Star Trek um, story about you know just like um, dealing with aliens who stole the Earth, but you know it's like if you're doing like a giant sized graphic novel, um, you know Hitch um, makes it. Um, makes it a gorgeous um beautiful read so but um morrison's run um can be um picked up um in the it's like in the first four volumes of of the jla the deluxe edition um in addition to the uh first story in wade's run which basically has um like um the the team dealing with an assault by rachel ghoul who has managed to steal Batman's protocols for um, taking down the Justice League? Yeah, because really, you know, if someone's going to take that, try and find a way to take down the Justice League, it's Batman. And um, <laughs> whoops, it's like um, Rachel Ghoul has got the uh, means to take take them down because he's hacked Batman. So there you go. Oh, and I guess it's worth noting that the uh, majority of Morrison's run was illustrated by a guy named Howard Porter. And Porter does um, some really fantastic dynamic art for the majority of, 
of of this run, even though it's really big on um like ninety style um like um badass posing, it's more in the early um portions than the uh, later portions. Because but he's also a guy who's very much like in sync with Morrison in terms of like you know how crazy things need to get when it comes to um you know like showing like you know all the uh, all the over top stuff that Morrison decides to show. So yeah, it's like I yeah it's lots of stuff to talk about here, but I really enjoyed uh, Morrison's Morrison's JLA. So um John, it's like any uh, random thoughts on your end about uh. It's like any of this stuff, I guess. Well, it sounds like I should recommend from you, but more importantly, yes. I am going to take you up on that recommendation. It sounds very, very interesting. And when was the published? When was this uh, published? Mid mid nineties. Mid nineties. Okay, right where I, I mean that's kind of what you had mentioned, and um, um, but uh, it was just just double checking on that. Yeah. Yeah. Back in back in the days when you know. It's like you know, everyone was expecting things to be like really extreme, but um, Morrison, like you know, Morrison tapped into like the crazy ass Silver Age stuff, but did it with a more modern um, sensibility for for the time that allowed everyone to really get get on board and like allowed the series to run for like well over a hundred issues like, after he left. All right. So, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Okay, well, I can say with certainty that next time I will be talking about um, Marvel's latest um, event, um, Secret Empire, because it is actually in the mail for me right now. So, <laughs> so, so no, no delays this time. And you know, unlike everyone else, I'm actually hoping to, to hoping to enjoy this compared to um, the word of mouth because I've actually enjoyed like the buildup that's been done for it so far. So we'll see. All right, and we'll catch you next time on Common Picks by the Click. All right, laters. All right.